Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. In this week's episode of Level Up, I was joined by award-winning journalist, presenter and stand-up comedian Ellie Gibson and ridiculously successful British YouTuber Alistair Aiken also known as Ali A. They join me to discuss the weird and wonderful world of gaming language. This comes after a study of British parents with children aged seven or older shows that nearly three quarters admit to not understanding gaming jargon being used by their children, as terms such as noob, boosting and camping become a commonplace around the dinner table. We talked about some of the most common gaming jargon out there, explained their meanings and also discussed our other favourite gaming words and abbreviations. I also found out about where Ellie and Alistair's love of gaming began, their favourite games growing up, discussed the rise in popularity of gaming in esports, and looked at the future of the industry too. Enjoy! I'm joined by award-winning journalist, presenter and stand-up comedian Ellie Gibson, and I'm also joined by ridiculously successful British YouTuber and winner of multiple Guinness World Records, Alistair Aiken, also known as Ali A. Um, both of you guys, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, how are you both? I'm all right, thanks. Yes, not bad. Excited for Christmas, playing lots of games. It's good Me times. Too. Me too, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm just about to get into cyberpunk. I don't really want to get into it fully yet, so I'm just going to leave it a few days and then because I'm off over the Christmas period, so it just gives me a bit of time to to get into it properly and and stuff but yeah i really well give them a few days to fix it as well maybe as well well yeah i need uh... to wait for a few patches (laughs) don't i really yeah (laughs) yeah but um yeah just so i mean if if not if people who are listening don't know you because we get a a mixture of fans here we get uh, people who are well into their guys but we also get people who are kind of casuals as well so for anyone doesn't know uh, ellie um you uh I mean, you appear as a, a games expert in Hit Dave Show, Doro Brian's Go 8-Bit, which is one of my favourite shows ever. And you also host the spin-off Go 8-Bit DLC as well. And obviously you're award-winning journalist, presenter and stand-up, stand-up comedian as obviously, well. So, obviously, yeah, obviously, yeah. Obviously. Um, so you'll probably, you'll recognise Ellie's voice definitely if, you, if you're a fan of that show. But that must have been an amazing show to work on. Oh, yeah, I, I loved it. It was it was brilliant because um, I knew the Go 8-Bit guys when it was just a stage show, you know, when it was Edinburgh and all of that. And um, yeah, to, to get to be the games expert on it was was brilliant. Or, or the co-host, as I like to say now, I was recently described in a biography as the co-host of Daro Brian's Go 8-Bit, which uh, Daro Brian took exception to. Uh, <laughs> so uh, but I've decided that's what we're going I, with. Yeah, I'm a co-host. That's it. That. Yeah, he definitely. pointed out it wasn't called Dara Brian and Ellie Gibson's go eight bit, but I say he's nitpicking. Uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, if if no one, if people don't know who um, Alistair is, um, also known as Ali A, um, just the seventeen point five million subscribers on your main YouTube channel is it at the moment? 
Uh, yeah, something like that. It's kind of wild, isn't it? Um, try not think about the numbers too much, but yeah, it's gone pretty large. It's crazy. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm I'm gonna mention a few more numbers. You've also got a second channel with just the six point six seven million subscribers, and then you've got another channel called Ali A Plays, which has a quarter of a million subscribers. So, um, what I mean, that's I mean, six seventeen point five million of anything is a lot, apart from atoms or something. But I mean, <laughs> like that is yeah, a, an mental amount. Yeah, it's been built up over about a 10, 11 year period. So it started off small and obviously it's gained pretty good momentum. Um, and the third channel was kind of a little bit of a lockdown project as well. Um, jumping in and playing some more Call of Duty, which is what I did back when I started my channel. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot to manage. Um, but hey, making game videos and put, putting them on YouTube isn't the worst job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not at all. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. It comes across in your work as well. So um, Thank you. yeah, massive well done on that. But we just start with uh, with Ellie first of all. Um, where did your love of gaming begin? Oh, got a very very long time. I wager before you were both born, uh, put together probably uh, <laughs> long, <laughs> a very very long time ago. And I can't remember the first. I think the first time I played a game was at a friend's house. We played a game called Jet Set Willy on the Spectrum. Does that ring any bells for you at all? I, I might no as well be saying you know no. yeah. No, no. <laughs> afraid not. No, fair enough. It was around the time of Queen Victoria's reign. And um, yeah, so yeah, I, I always liked games. And then growing up, we always had like secondhand machines. We had an Amstrad CPC and then we had a Mega Drive and, and stuff like that. And I was just always into it. And I used to read games magazines and think, well, that would be quite good, wouldn't it? To, to write about games for a living. Um, and yeah, unbelievably, my dream came true. So So here we are. <laughs> And what has been some of your favourite? I know it's a bit of a, you know, it's, a, it's going to be a long answer, isn't it? What are some of your favourite games from from your times in the industry? Well, do you know, Ali Ali asked me this just the other day, what my favourite game was. And I have to say, it is a cliche. It's I, I wish it was a more interesting answer, but Tomb Raider is my favourite series. Um, yes, I am a woman of a certain age. And she was, you know, Lara was a gaming icon. And, and at that time... Um, things have got a little bit better now, but at that time growing up, you know, there weren't any other gay, female game characters to sort of aspire to or identify with. So that's that's part of it. But also I just, I love the puzzles of those games. I love the atmosphere, especially the earlier ones when it was more about the sort of mental challenge and less about the murdery bits. Um, those are <laughs> those are my favourites probably. Brilliant. And uh, Ali, just moving on to you, where did your love of gaming begin for you? Um, I think my uncle had like a PlayStation one and I didn't have any games consoles. And whenever we'd go visit, I'd always like beg him to bring out the PlayStation. So I think it was Tomb Raider as well, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, I, I was always fascinated by it for me. Um, the biggest interest always came from like gathering with friends and playing together and that sort of more competitive aspect. Um, I absolutely loved that. And start, I think my first ever console owned was like a Game Boy Color and a GameCube. I'm a massive Nintendo fanboy. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had a lot of consoles since. Play a lot of PC games now as well. And ever since I can remember, always absolutely love games. Let's talk about your YouTube then as well, because I, I was doing a bit of background research. And um, you used to do videos in school, didn't you? And just, just for like you and your mates, just to look at games and gameplay and stuff. Is that where it all started for you? 
Yeah, again, it was taking that element of like the fun, uh, memorable moments you'd have with your friend with your friends sat around the TV. This was before like internet gaming, at least on consoles, was just not a thing. And it just sounded impossible back then. Like how on earth could you play with somebody that was across the world? It was crazy. So you'd have to gather around your TV, uh, split screen, stuff like that. And those moments where somebody would do something crazy to be able to capture that and then put it online was just such a cool um, idea. Um, and then obviously the evolution of uh, the, in the internet and YouTube came around. And what I ended up doing was buying a capture device that was built to record, I think like DVD players or VHS players or something, and just reworked it to plug my console in instead. Um, so I was, I was, you know, back then there just wasn't any gameplay content gaming content on youtube at all and i was back uh, i was there back in the original days <laughs> uploading like 30 second gaming highlights to share with my friends at school and other friends i'd play games with and i was in the right place at the right time because doing that now is obviously quite normal recording yourself playing games um, but back then it wasn't and it's been that long sort of journey of building up my channel making content and ultimately games is at the heart of that so yeah it's been crazy yeah, so, I mean, let's talk about gaming then in general because, I mean, we've just seen an ex existential kind of rise in popularity of gaming and esports over the last few years. Um, there might be a couple of reasons for that in terms of the improvement of graphics and there's been loads of game studios get involved with indie games and stuff, which have found a real kind of um, touch point as well. Um, what, what have, what's your opinion on it? Why do you think gaming and esports has, has become so popular and a bit more mainstream, do you think, Ellie? Um, I think I think the rise of YouTube has had a lot to do with it and people like Ali doing such a good job of sort of informing people about games and, you know, people can actually see games in action now without having to own all the consoles or, you know, again, going, I mean, I realise I do sound like Queen Victoria myself, but when I was a kid, that you had the magazines and then you went to the shops and you read the copy on the backs of the boxes to decide what games to play and that was it. And now we've had this explosion of content where you can sort of see all the stuff that's out there and there's a game that suits everyone. And and I think that's, you know, that's that's definitely helped sort of expand the audience. Yeah, and yeah. you've got Twitch and stuff as well, haven't you? Sorry, Ali, to cut in, but like Twitch. No, no, well. I was just going to agree with Ellie. Yeah, the, um, the, I, I loved gaming magazines. Like I'd subscribe to a lot of the Nintendo ones and it was your way of seeing what was coming next, getting the first preview of stuff. Uh, now, obviously, if a game's announced or something new's coming, if you hear about it within seconds on Twitter or there's a YouTube, up, uh, YouTube video up, maybe on my channel <laughs> within like a few hours. Like it, it's very instant um, now uh, and the world's so different. But yeah, back then, loved my gaming magazines, seeing which games got reviewed well, which which didn't. And things have changed a lot. And with this sort of instant um, uh, consumption of games, uh, either directly through live streams on Twitch or through video on demand content on YouTube, um, it's opened up so many uh, revenue um, sources as well, revenue avenues where you can play games and if you're really good at games, enter the esports scene as well. And yeah, gaming's just really taken over in like the last 5, 10, 15 years. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember when I was at school, like the first, I, I used to like read loads of game magazines and stuff as well, but the first I kind of knew about new and upcoming games was going onto like websites and clicking like the coming soon section on the websites and just looking at some of the names of the games that are coming out and thinking, oh, I wonder what that's about. And Oh, that sounds interesting. And that was just kind of my life through school, like during breaks and maybe when the class was on as well a little bit. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's grown so big and I'm, I'm glad to see it's come, gone more mainstream. And just touching on that, obviously this year has been 
a rubbish year for everyone with the with the pandemic and but one of the things that I've really been happy about is the fact that esports and particularly esports and gaming has been thrust more into the mainstream than ever and the fact that you can communicate with people over large distances and you can you can game remotely against other people I think it's been a massive a massive thing for people during this kind of pandemic with everyone's locked inside as particularly like back in March, April and May, when there were no traditional sports on, esports took over that mantle and was kind of um, rapid enough and, and kind of had that space to really show what it could do. Yeah, I think so. I think the, the gaming industry is, is booming. I mean, I've, I've never been more grateful to be a part of two industries, you know, because I'm in, I'm in a comedy double act called Scummy Mummies and, and comedy is really suffering at the moment. The theatres are really suffering. The clubs are suffering. But games has just gone from strength to strength because, yes, people are looking for entertainment that they can, you know, do in their house, um, basically. And people have really embraced gaming and, and online gaming. Um, so I know Talk Talk's done this research saying their internet usage of their customers is up 50% year on year, which obviously is, is huge. So people are definitely, I think, using gaming, not actually not just as a way of entertainment, but my son, for example, for him, it's it's the social aspect as well. He plays a lot of Fortnite and, and Rocket League online. And it's it's not just about the games for him. It's about it's a place where he can hang out with his mates, especially when he's off school, like at the moment because of lockdowns or whatever. And I'm really glad he's he's got that outlet. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I totally agree. Like um uh at the beginning of this year, uh, I was seeing loads of friends on the weekends and then obviously everything that's happened has happened, but that was sort of re-diverted through playing games actually with a lot of other couples and friends online in the evening, jumping on Warzone. And, you know, we are there playing games, uh, really, but it's also just a great way to hang out, chat, uh, catch up in what has been a really weird year. And um, gaming has been a great way of socializing. It's been really cool, to be honest with you. Yeah, Ellie, you mentioned that um, that talk talk research that they've done. I mean, just looking at some of the figures, um, the launch of the new PlayStation Five in November contributed to a new twenty-four hour data usage record for Talk Talk, with Talk Talk's entire customer base using enough data to download the entire catalogue of Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music every twenty minutes. Yeah, that just that's okay. i mean i can i listen i'm gonna i'm gonna outstat you here let me tell oh, you that on. is 170 yeah, 170 million songs i mean that is a lot of different versions of baby shark do you know what i mean that's that's <laughs> that's an awful lot of music yeah, yeah i think i think it's amazing and and it's it's sort of is it amazing is it surprising i don't know maybe it's not i mean one of the things i've always loved about video games is that it, for me it is about exploring another world and that's why i do like games like tomb raider i guess um which is all about exploration and 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 visiting different and just seeing different stuff you know and i think now more than ever isn't it amazing that we've got this outlet where we can go and explore you know explore other places yeah and i think um you know tying back a lot of the things we've already mentioned so far in this chat if you talk about the rise of youtube the rise in games the rise uh, in all of these things it does ultimately come back down to 
consumers having a good internet line. And a lot of the stats that Talk Talk have shared really back that up. The fact that we are using our internet more and more, it's keeping us more connected and our speeds are getting better and better as well. You know, we, we couldn't be playing all of these games online at the same time whilst people in our house are watching Netflix without a good solid internet connection. And, you know, gaming's a big contributor to that as well with how much people are using the internet. And um, one thing to know, and it links in with what I do on YouTube, when there are big events that happen in games, this is, this is something that developers and publishers are doing more and more, specifically within Fortnite. They have live events where they get everyone on the game at the same time, and we all experience something together. And those are multi-million concurrent players on online at one time. And, uh, you know, without without the, the rise of the internet and how good it is nowadays, none of this technology in the, would, would be possible. It's absolutely crazy. And there's still so much more to be had. You've got VR, gaming, you know, it's on this rise. It's going to keep on getting bigger and bigger, I think, as well. Yeah, and another part of the research that you, you both mentioned is that... Um... There's a lot of gaming lingo that parents don't really get. Um, it showed. So, I mean, it says here that um, 45% of parents rated their knowledge of gaming as either poor or terrible, while 28% said they are intrigued by the language of gaming and wish they understood what the phrases meant. So, I mean, for the for the 45/28% of parents out there, we're going to have a look at some of the kind of favourite phrases. Because, I mean, for 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 us three, I suppose these are kind of normal phrases that we hear on like day to day, but I suppose when you think about it, if you heard it in just normal conversation, you might not really understand what you're going on about. It is like a different language at times. Um, yeah. What are some of the kind of favorite ones in uh, for you two personally? Um, I'm going to go with bot. <laughs> I, I think it's a term thrown around. Um, and it's not initially obvious what it means, but you can, you can t call your friends a bot because they're just playing really badly you can go up against another player and call them a bot who don't think they're playing very well and you know a lot of these terms if you think about it it makes sense but some of them just don't you need to understand what it means to really understand the context and what's being said um uh, I, I don't know what ellie's favorite is but that's probably mine oh i don't know i i mean i kind of because as i say my son plays a lot of fortnite i have kind of least least favorite ones uh because i hear them <laughs> I like shouted that, yeah. all day <laughs> it's just like um i think um yeah i do like i do know sometimes you hear the occasional gg of course which is good game and i like that i quite like the sports personship of that you know oh gg you know yeah good game well done uh it's, it makes it it feels like you know people are sort of playing cricket in the olden times and shaking hands <laughs> and they're going off to have cucumber sandwiches and Earl Grey. Uh, in actual fact, they've uh, been screaming at each other to res each other for the last two hours. So, yeah, I, 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 I can understand why parents maybe feel a bit sort of um, put off or, or, or confused by the language kids use. But again, I, I quite like it. I quite like that kids have got this kind of space and this this kind of vernacular um, that they can identify with and, and share amongst themselves. I think I think it's it's all right. It makes me feel old, but that's you know I am, so that's all right. <laughs> I think my favorite and one I don't you don't actually hear that much now, but noob is such a. It's, I mean, I first heard that when I was like playing the original Halo. Probably I think that was the first time I'd really. Someone called me a noob when I was online. I was like, what What are you on about? And then my friends obviously told me what it meant. I was like, yeah that's probably fair to be fair because it was one of the first times i was playing the game online but i think that's just if you heard that in a day-to-day -day conversation as a parent i mean that what would you what would you think that even means noob it just you know yeah 
<laughs> a lot of it is just you got to learn. Um, uh, Ellie and I have been working with Talk Talk to sort of try and help parents and just anyone that doesn't really understand a lot of this gaming lingo uh, actually learn what it means. And once you start to understand some of the basics, it helps fill in those gaps and understand what maybe your kids, your friends or whoever is playing these games is saying. Uh, otherwise, it can be a little bit of a barrier between people that do and don't know. And a lot of these terms, you know, are being created all the time as well. So you got noob, you got bot, you got GG, lag, all of these different things. And um, yeah, I, I think it's important to educate people. And when it does come to parents and kids as well, I think the integration of parents understanding what their kids are doing and what they're saying is really important. Going back to when I started playing games, it's all social. It was all, you know, fun. And I think um, if there are terms in there that parents or whoever doesn't don't understand, it can be a little bit of a, um, an awkward point where you just don't feel like you're understanding things. And hopefully with some of our education <laughs> between uh, Ellie and I and Talk Talk, uh, we can bridge that gap a little bit, which would be great. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention as well, I don't know if you've done this already, but um, I think the thing that has changed from when I used to game when I was younger to now is that um, you can't, if you're playing along with your friend, you can't pause. You can't yes. pause the game. That's that is... something that is... Oh, so, yes. do you know what I mean? Because back in the day, I mean, you, if you were playing single player campaign or whatever, and then your mom comes in and says, tea time, you say, oh, okay, I'll just pause it, save my game or whatever. You can't do that when you're playing Fortnite or Warzone or whatever. So that's an important thing, isn't it, that parents need to kind of be aware of. I don't know how you I don't know how you go against yeah, that. But... I've said so many times, like, like, mom, dad, you can't pause this game. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so close to winning. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's also a great excuse to tell them to go away and then go and play another game really quickly, so they don't quite realize what you've done. But yeah, you, it, with don't internet give the game gaming, away. Like, don't give yeah, the game that's away. the secret. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, <laughs> letting everyone know there um but yeah with, with everyone playing online now it's so different you can't just stop everything no but i thought i thought i, I get asked about this a lot and i always say to parents look a fortnight match is 20 minutes so you know maybe half an hour before you want your kid to come off the machine then is the time to say to them right you know we're, we're stopping at this point and and just agree with them a time because because look I'm, i'll be honest i've got two sons and we've had we've had some bouts of rage when it comes to turning off the machines but it's a lot easier if you agree in advance um when you're going to stop and also if you understand as a parent that yes the matches do have a set time and if they if you make yeah. them early they might be letting their teammates down so yeah just i think that's the key isn't it is just keep talking to your kids about things like the language but also about how the, the mechanics of the games work and that way you'll hopefully avoid strife really yeah i think that's such a good point um even understanding the basics of how long a game is is amazing is such a good piece of intel because, you know, if you're saying, look, stop, we're going to jump off, we're going to do this. And then 40 minutes later, they've not like there's, a game's only 20 minutes. That doesn't make, doesn't add up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, bridging that gap, uh, gap, being a little bit more informed. It's so useful. And, you know, I, I think that's a great point. Do, do you do you think it's weird? I've just thought about it now. But in a generation's time, this might not be an issue. Um, the people that are playing now, it's it, they're not going to have these issues, aren't they, later on in life? Because they're going to know what they're talking about. But then we're going to have new technology, so who knows? That's exciting, though, isn't it? Language evolves, technology evolves. You know, 50 years ago, we didn't have the word email. Now I say it about 500 <laughs> times a day, as in I must check my email. Please stop emailing me. Uh, get off my email. So, yeah, it's. I think I think that's exciting. Who knows? Well, I, I reckon by, 
you know, 2040, we'll be having games beamed directly into our eyes from space. That's my prediction. There you go. From space? Ooh. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be a space a space uh, port. <laughs> space port? I don't know. I'm just making it up now. <laughs> space port games. I like it. There you space go. Port, I, space port games. I beamed into your eyes uh, through the power <laughs> of lasers and holograms. There you are. <laughs> I'd trademark that idea straight yeah. away. Get a patent. Nintendo for it. probably already has. Yeah, Sony's yeah. probably all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk on a, about a few words that aren't on the list because there's a, a few of that I've put together. I know it was mentioned actually in the the research, but camping. Wait, is this is a also... hustle? Have you have you made up some words now? And you're going to be no, like, no. What about <laughs> Wingo Bangs? And then we we're going to make us look like idiots when we pretend to fake. We know what that's about. No, this feels no, we're like on a to you, Nathan. We're These are yeah. all real things. Honestly, <laughs> all right, go on. These are real things. So camping is one that I think is fantastic because obviously that means something very different when you're not gaming, doesn't it? But I mean, it just makes me laugh how if parents were to hear their, their children shouting, oh, stop camping to their <laughs> friends when they're gaming. That I mean, that's quite funny isn't it, to think, well, hang on, what, what are they on about? Why are they going camping? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, there's two terms, two different meanings there completely. It's funny how gaming lingo can completely change. Um, but yeah, camping, sitting in a corner, hiding in a bush, generally trying to avoid any action. That would be the gaming sort of explanation for it, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, but it's funny, isn't it? Because the real life camping also has two kind of meanings because there's camping as in camping before you have kids where you just go away with your friends and drink cider in a field and it's very pleasant. And then there's camping after you have kids where it's a logistical nightmare and you're basically just <laughs> dealing with potties full of urine and whinging for three days. <laughs> so again, it's different meanings. Yeah, and I also wanted to touch on uh, grind as well, which um, obviously has a few different connotations in real life. But in gaming, um, you, you, I'm guessing you're too familiar with gr grind in games. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's Thanks, a, yeah, I didn't think about that <laughs> yeah, one, actually. There's a bit of uh... silence then. So I wasn't sure who you wanted to go go first. And also I was having terrible flashbacks to World of Warcraft and just punching rats in the face for about three days straight. Oh, it was a, yeah. Oh. So it just, it, it's grinding towards something, is it? It's playing something again and again and again and getting little increments forward so that you can progress in your game, basically. It's spending large amounts of time on a particular game, isn't it, to try and kind of level up, I suppose just throwing the name of our podcast in there just oh i like that that's good yeah i know yeah. now you're implying that you invented the phrase level up i don't think you can have that one <laughs> i can't have that one no unfortunately no. Uh, no, my one... podcast called Sorry. extra life just to drop that in there i can't have that one either oh <laughs> uh, yeah, of course yeah extra life good name that uh, by the way if anyone's this you know interesting game podcast go and listen to that because in the research i didn't know you had that so apologies but i'm gonna go listen to that straight after so if anyone to get get on that go and listen to it because you've had charlie brooker on there recently haven't you which is mental yeah we have we've had him we've had sophie duca we've had uh daro brian i don't know who who he is some irish guy um so yeah doesn't it's... he co-host a gaming show that that's I'm... right he co-hosts ellie gibson's go 8 bit that's right ah, okay. uh in fact cool. if you listen to the episode you can hear us arguing about whose show that really is <laughs> so there's a spoiler for you <laughs> Another word. Getting back to the uh, to the, oh, <laughs> to yeah. the podcast. Sorry, sorry we're not going to there. But um, you, do you any? Do you two play FIFA, or do you know people who play FIFA? Um, definitely know people that do. I'm going to put my hands up and say, don't play or follow football at all. I'm afraid. Are you Are you familiar with DDA, which is what people say online sometimes? Ooh, do you know what that means, Ellie? 
I don't know. I don't know what no. that is. D-D-O. I don't know what that means. Should we try and work it out? Don't tell us, Nathan. Let's see if we can work it out. Try and work it out. D D A. Double double down attack. Double down attack. I'll give you a clue. It's got it's a controversial thing. It's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a yeah. It's um, a bit of a conspiracy I... theory amongst the esports, EA Sports, FIFA players. If that helps Ooh. at all, uh, is it something to do with the matchmaking in game? No, you're getting closer though. Oh Don't dick gosh. about. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> not, not that. No, but I'm yeah, gonna have to put my hands up and say I have no idea. I'm not sure. So it's something that is, uh, it's controversial, but it's a, a lot of people who are like losing, for example. Um, yeah, they'll say, "Oh, it's DDA, which is dynamic dynamic difficulty adjustment." Whoa! So, okay. So, yeah. So basically, there's this thing where people, if people are losing on FIFA or they're getting angry with the game, um, there's this thing which is apparently in the game, which I just want to say for the podcast and for legal reasons, EA Sports have said it is definitely not in the game, but people have found like patents and stuff in on the EA website. But basically, what people are saying is that. Um, when you're playing a game of FIFA, if you were to score, for example, then the game automatically adjusts the difficulty to you to make it harder for you and easier for them in order for them to equalise. So, oh, uh, so a bit like because we 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 used to use the phrase rubber banding. Do you know that one? Yes. About... Yeah, yeah. 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 So is it a bit like that, but with balls? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's <laughs> in it's in games to kind of help, I suppose, the casual player. I don't, I'm not sure what games it's in, but. It is in some games in order to help the casual player kind of make it a bit easier for them. So if, for example, they're getting killed a lot or whatever, or they're not doing so well, the game will automatically adjust the difficulty to make it slightly easier. And a lot of um, FIFA fans think this is in the game because, you know, if they're, if they're a couple of goals ahead and then all of a sudden the other player comes back and gets a comeback, it's a kind mm. of easy way to kind of say, oh, oh that's DDA, DDA, come on. So I could things. honestly talk about that kind of impl- sort of implementation within games for hours because in more FPS kind of games, so we're talking Call of Duty and Fortnite here. Fortnite, I've openly talked about it. Call of Duty, I don't think have. Uh, they have SBMM. So there's another, another acronym for you. And that stands for skill-based matchmaking where public games, so this isn't a ranked arena or like a competitive tournament. You're, you're jumping into a, just a public game The lobbies are filled, not randomly, partly randomly, but are prioritized based on skill level. So using stats that we are unaware of, say, for example, in Call of Duty, your kill to death ratio, your accuracy, etc. It will take those stats into account and fill the lobby with players that are similar to your skill level. So if you jump back like five, ten years ago and you jumped in the game, it would just be whoever populated that lobby first, go and play and have fun was now game developers are prioritizing playtime, which they've seen um, links between if bad players don't get beaten up quite as much, they're going to more likely stay on the game for longer and spend more money. So things like skill-based matchmaking are in games to keep those worse players playing longer. And we could t- I could talk about that for hours because I think there's a <laughs> lot of patents and a lot of things going around in modern day multiplayer games to sort of make sure players are online for as long as possible. 
This is speaking of someone who is who is rubbish at not all but many games. I fully support all the help I can get. So I should take it. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> so basically, what you're saying, Ali, basically, it's it's something to level the playing field, isn't it? A bit to make it a lesser a lesser skill gap, if you like, between the people that are really good and the people who aren't so good. To try and make it so that the people who aren't as good feel like they're better, and then the people who are really good makes them feel like they're kind of not as good as they think they are. Sometimes is that is that how that is works. that is correct. So, for example, if uh, any watchers play Warzone, um, if you jumped in and you're not great at the game, you're actually being populated with other players that aren't quite as good. Um, and if you've got crazy good stats, you're going to be put with really good players. Um, and yeah, that that's just how a lot of these modern games are. And as, as Ellie said, like it helps a lot of people. It makes the game, you know, in a, in a day and age where someone like me has been literally playing first person shooters for eight or nine years. It makes sense that I'm not put in a lobby with somebody who's picking up the game for the first time. So I, I can see why they do it um, to, to give more of a sort of level playing field for everyone jumping in and playing. That explains why Call of Duty Warzone is so easy for me. Then terrible then that, that is that what it means is that, so this is what we need know? we need to partner up so are uh, you join a game and i'll join into your game and it'll be great it'll be really fun <laughs> I'm, I'm, i know you're on the podcast but you know you just offered that i'm definitely going to take you up on that so <laughs> I, after i'm definitely going to message you after we'll get we'll get something okay going. can we'll i i'm in as well but can i be on yeah. ali's side that's what i'm saying yeah. right now. <laughs> there you go <laughs> Yeah, so let's just run through some of these uh, phrases then because we've got a top 10, haven't we? So the, the, the one which is 34% is noob. So if anyone doesn't know, it's a new or inexperienced gamer. Uh, boss, yes. which is Ali's favorite, uh, 31%. A player so bad, they're compared to a very bad com- computer control player. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you, you saw um, the F1 eSports series at the start of the year. I'm a big F1 fan. Did you did you know that was on or are you aware of that, on? Uh, I I knew it was on. I didn't watch yeah. it, unfortunately. So there was a thing happening where McLaren and Formula One driver Lando Norris had a really difficult time, kind of connecting to the lobby for some reason. What for some reason during an online game, uh, the game decided to put um, what was coined Lando Bot in the game. So what? So basically, he couldn't join the game and it quit just as the race started. But there was there was still his car in the race being controlled by a computer AI for some reason. Oh. And Lando Did he win? wasn't controlling it. No, he was like blast or something. So oh. obviously everyone was saying, Oh, it's Lando bot and Lando was uh. on a stream kind of um kind of screaming it on, go, Go on, whatever, take or whatever. So, uh, is that where I sorry to go off on a tangent. Is that no. where he got a lot of his Twitch following from was through the online Formula One streams at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, Obviously, he's a big, a big character anyway in, in F one yeah. and stuff. But um, he he does it like Among Us and stuff like that as well, and streams all that kind of See, stuff. See, that's and... really cool. You get a lot of um, you mentioned you had Deli Ali on the podcast. Yeah. You've got like Formula One players streaming video games on Twitch to thousands of people, and it's crazy. Then, like, I, me and Lando follow each other on Twitter and have messaged a few times. I have no right to have any connection to any Formula One players, <laughs> but through games. I do. And that's really cool. I think games connect so many different people. And I yeah. just think that's amazing. We spoke to um, on the part, one of our first podcasts, actually, I spoke to YouTube content creator Arava. He does loads of Formula One uh, content creation. And he is part of, well, he does stuff with Veloce Esports, who did some of the virtual Grand Prix series. 
Uh, and as part of that, he was entered into a 1v1 race with Ferrari F1 driver Charles Leclerc. And ah. he was just, I mean, I asked him, what was it like? He was racing, I mean, virtually, obviously, but he was racing against an actual Formula One driver. Like, that is just wow. crazy to think that he had that opportunity. Yeah, and, yeah. And mm. um, spoke to Matt Gallagher, who's who's like a presenter, and he does stuff for WTF1 and, and F1 Esports as well. And he plays Among Us with Lando, with Charles Leclerc, with... Uh, Alex Albon, George Russell, some of the up and coming Formula One guys, and it was really good just to see them kind of come out. Because when you're like a professional uh, sportsman, professional uh, like a traditional professional sportsman or woman, um, I suppose you can be very kind of PR trained, can't you? And you can't really say yeah, stuff in interviews. So yeah. it was really good to see their kind of personality come out when they're playing games against each other, and it was nice to see that kind of friendly rivalry between them as well. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah, so let's uh, move on then. So the third one is lag, uh, 27%. So when a game is so slow or glitchy due to a poor internet connection. Uh, Nerf, oh, that's a good one because obviously that's the kind of gun, isn't it? So yes. I mean, parents would think that that might be a gun, but it's absolutely not. It's when a game developer weakens a weapon due to lots of players using it. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, face roll, I, I haven't actually heard of this one before. Is that to do with like an emoji? Is that, is it come from that? Yes, um, yeah. an easy victory over an opponent yeah, has links back to sort of like the emojis as well. So yeah, as Ellie said, like the sort of the evolution of language, like emojis are part of our language, I guess, as well. <laughs> yeah. like I know I said send... and stuff. Is yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> so it all ties back in. It's uh, it's it's quite funny, actually. Yeah, face. I, I, I've been told by both my husband and my comedy partner that I have a face which betrays what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, even when I'm not saying anything. So face roll is definitely <laughs> part of my vernacular. <laughs> and then the next one we've got is twink, which is 22%. When a player deceives other gamers about their gaming ability. So we, could that be both for good and bad? So I, I could pretend I'm really good and then we jump into a game and I'm rubbish or... I could pretend I'm really bad and then I jump into a game and I'm like amazing. Could it, is that work both ways, that one? Yeah, it depends how you want to use it, I guess. Do you want to use it for good or evil? That's the question. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. Um, for, for evil? Well, let's go evil. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, Easter egg is a good one. That's a good one. So that's a hidden message, image or feature that occurs in games. That can be like inputted from like developers, can't it? When they want to put something secret and something cool in there that that's been all the rage hasn't it over the last few years kind of developers put in put in stuff yeah. in there there um, are some um fun fact there's some uh old call of duty maps that are like 10 plus years old where some of the developers have come out and said that easter eggs that they coded into the maps have not been discovered like 12 years later so some of these just go left never found because they're so obscure i mean you're talking like shoot like two pixels in the top left corner of this room and then spin around three times. Like they're really obscure stuff. Sometimes it's quite fun when really? you do find them though. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's cool. I think one of the first uh, Easter eggs I came across was um, in Ocarina of Time, which is my all time favorite game, uh, Legends of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the N64, which um, I've got out recently. I started playing it again. It's still as good as I remember it, which isn't the case with some games. Is it some games you play again? You think, Oh, actually, I don't know about this. Yeah. Game. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is just, it's, it's so good. Even now, it's so good. But I think when, if you go around by, um, uh, oh, I forgot what the, the bloody um, park bit is, all the grass in the middle now. But if you go basically to the left side by where the uh, the bridge is, 
boat where the drawbridge where it comes down if you go down to the left side and you go into the castle bit if you look through the window you can see like uh, mario stuff uh, like through the window um that's one of the first times i noticed that kind of easter egg thing but wasn't there was there a few easter eggs in um La- uh, uh, tomb raider as well i'm sure i saw a few bits and bobs on there there was lots of hidden items and some of the guns were quite hard to find and all of that but i'm, I'm gonna be totally honest with you easter eggs make me really tired just thinking about them makes me exhausted <laughs> especially because these days like games are many games are so big like something like the witcher for example is like i can't remember exactly but probably eight thousand or seven thousand hours long and i just like it's enough it's enough to ask me to finish that game let alone <laughs> find True. all the blimmin easter eggs i'm gonna die one day i'm conscious of my immortality <laughs> thanks for that eddie <laughs> yeah no you're welcome think about death a bit more that's my advice young yeah. people <laughs> game developers yeah let's think about our mortality on. let's move yeah. swiftly on there uh so <laughs> the next one is tank so that's a gamer that takes all the damage in the group so is that like someone who sacrifices themselves for the good of the group yeah, I think that's it... quite a noble way of putting it. Um, <laughs> I, I think another, because I used to, when I, I mentioned it earlier, but when I played World of Warcraft, I was always, I was a warrior, which is a tank character, which means, yes, you're supposed to be up the front, taking all the damage, distracting, you know, while the wizards and the assassins and the snipers are doing all the sort of, you know, finicky work behind you kind of thing. But really, I, I wasn't a tank out of any sort of noble aim. It was more that I was rubbish at like spells and I couldn't be bothered to do arrows. Do you know what I mean? But I'll just go out the front and hit things. That sounds fun <laughs> and easy. I like that. <laughs> good, yeah. good, good uh, class for, to have on on someone's team, though. Like typically, someone that can take a lot of damage, get in people's way, whilst the rest of the team maybe take down the oppositions or something. Yeah, super useful. Yeah, I think like Rainbow Six Siege. There's like that massive shield character, isn't there? That um, that you can choose. Um, I don't know if you you played Rainbow Six Siege at all, but like I think that character, there's always that in the, in the team, and you just kind of hide behind them basically until until they die, and then you can go and go and kill kill them, pick them off basically after that. So yeah, that's yeah. the player you send into a room first and hope exactly. hope you can follow up. <laughs> just send them into a random doorway full of, yeah, exactly. full of enemies. <laughs> let them let them just use all their bullets and then follow up after that. So that's a good one. I like that. And then the last one, obviously, GG. We've already discussed ninety percent. Good game stands for good game. So that's a polite send off after an entertaining game, a term of respect. I really like this one. So when I'm playing FIFA online, for example, I'll only send GG when like I've been really well matched with that player and it's been it has genuinely been a good game. So I don't want to kind of overuse it because otherwise you'd be sending messages every time you play. Mm. So I, I normally just send it as like more of a kind of term of respect. I suppose that's a good way. Do you do you use that a lot in your your daily lives? Um. This is a 50-50 usage. If you've gotten to the end of the game and you, you, you've won or you're in a good mood, throw out a GG, you know? Let, let everyone know if it's a good game. You see, if you've come second and you've just been beaten, you're probably going to be a bit annoyed. And then you may say something quite different to GG. So it all, <laughs> depends. it all depends how good that game has gone, to be honest with you. Yeah. Ellie, do you use GG on a daily basis? Oh, absolutely. I, as I say, I'm using it in my normal life. Do you know what I mean? Just, uh, you know, <laughs> if I've had good service in a restaurant. Oh, GG. Just it's a, polite, love it's a term of respect. <laughs> good no, no one's got any idea what I'm talking about, but I, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, good grub. Exactly. Good grub is a good <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, GG. Um, I might start using a few of these, you know, in, uh, with my wife. I might just start using them on a day-to-day basis, see if she notices or see if she kind of catches on what I'm doing. That might be interesting. 
She'll throw definitely them in think their... you're cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> throw them in there casually enough and she just won't question it. You'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. I'm, I might do that. I might do that. I enjoyed that meal. GG. There you go. Yeah. So you see how you <laughs> go. Excuse see me? How you go. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, not not sure if you cooked this lasagna properly, you noob. I don't know how well that's going to go down. <laughs> oh, I might not do that one actually, Ellie. No, maybe I not. I might not do that one, but you never know. Um, so just moving on then. So that that's some, a great bit of research by Talk Talk, and um, I think it's a great thing that you're doing for for parents because it's it's good to get them involved in as well. And I suppose when their their children are playing games and you don't really know what's going on, it might it might be a bit like oh what are they doing there but when you kind of know that they're chatting with their friends and they're having fun and it's the new way of socializing for them isn't it rather than going to the park and playing football or what they do traditionally um on an evening they can come back and be in a part an xbox party or a playstation party and play with their friends and that's that's their new socializing this is this is the thing for me obviously you know i come i've always been a gamer myself but i do i am also a parent and i completely and i talk to a lot of parents who aren't gamers and i completely understand why people can be a bit intimidated by games and they're worried about the online aspect and managing screen time and all of that can be a bit daunting i totally understand why but i would say try and balance that with all the benefits of gaming and i think the benefits massively sort of outweigh um, those concerns which you can eliminate a lot of if you kind of educate yourself and you know kids kids need to learn to play it's such an important part of growing up and games is a great way for teaching them that and it teaches you things about failure and you know how to deal with losing but also it teaches you just how to have fun and some of my best times with my lads have been playing games together um, so I think it, honestly it is really worth taking the time to sort of get involved and and learn a bit more about it whether that's the slang or whether that's managing the time or the online aspect there's loads of resources online um and i just think it's really really worth it because it's a great way to connect with your kids yeah well said ali um ali have you got anything to add to that no i think it's it's been summed up really well um i wish um you know i guess i'd been a little bit more proactive as the kid in that situation where my parents were like you need to get off, blah, blah, blah. If, if, if I'd taken a little bit more uh, of a step forward to tell them a little bit more about what I was doing, maybe they wouldn't get quite as annoyed at me. So it works <laughs> both ways, I guess. And uh, yeah, sort of bridging that gap and that understanding of what's going on is is really, really important, I think. Yeah, if, if only if only you'd have done that, maybe you'd have 20 million subscribers now. It's, it's gone Damn pretty it. well for you, hasn't it? So <laughs> it's been all right. But just to finish, because I really appreciate you taking all this time to chat with me. I honestly really appreciate it. And uh, we've already had, Ellie, your prediction for the future of gaming. Beam, mm. beam, games being beamed into our eyeballs from space, um, which I'm looking yep. forward to. Personally. Via lasers and holograms. Don't forget the lasers and the holograms. Sorry. Otherwise, people will think I'm just making it up, talking out of my bum. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> a Star Trek, yeah. Star Trek teleportation type thing, but for games. Is that what you're saying? Uh, sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ali, have you got any any predictions for the future of gaming? Have we have we seen that? Because obviously we've had Fortnite, Call of Duty, Warzone, we've had Valorant, we've had League of Legends, like some massive games over the last few years that have been released. Uh, do you think we've seen the game that really kind of takes gaming completely worldwide mainstream? Oof, that's a good question. I think there's always going to be niches within games, um, sports, competitive casual um without being super biased i do think games like fortnite have really um connected 
mainstream media and sort of game gamers and games in a way that maybe has never been seen before. Um, but I think in terms of general gaming, you've got VR, which is definitely on the rise and is a really, uh, really cool way to experience games. Claire, my fiance, has got actually got a um, Oculus headset recently, and it, it's crazy. It's, it's such cool technology. Uh, I also think there's potentially room for AR, augmented reality, and the integration of some, uh, well, actually, Pokemon Go integrates um, AR already into its games where you can throw out Pokemon and have them in your living room. Um, and for my far-fetched idea, I'd say I'd say contact lenses that you wear and real life and video games become one. That's my idea. There you go. That's just that's just ripping wow. off my idea. Now you'll be saying that okay. into your contact lenses from space now. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. I probably did indirectly take that without <laughs> even realizing it. Well, there you go. We've both come to the together and, and decided that video games in your eyes is the future. Yeah, they, actually, we... you, your idea is better. Contact lenses is a better idea. I'm really I'm angry with myself now. GG, Ali. Good GG. GG. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Haven't you just both ripped off Minority Report? <laughs> I, I just Minority Report, but for games. I haven't watched he, Minority Report, so I'm going to say I didn't Kart. copy it. Does he play Mario Kart with his eyes in Minority Minority Report? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Uh, Ali, you've never seen Minority Report? Um, I feel like this is Tom something... He's, uh, honestly, he's just trying to is... get himself out of a legal hole he's dug <laughs> <Yeah. himself. No. laughs> This looks like something I definitely need to watch, but I haven't. I put my hands up and uh, I can't lie, I haven't seen it. But uh, maybe this weekend I'll, I'll watch it, actually. That's good. Nice one. Nice one. Well, I uh, really appreciate, again, you taking the time to come and chat with me and to talk about Talk Talks Research. And um, massive fan of, of both of you. So it's been a pleasure to chat with you about gaming and esports. And um, I wish you all the success in your future careers. You've been massively successful anyway, but for the future, I wish you all the best and um, have a great Christmas and a happy new year and enjoy the games. Game on, as a, as a, as my producer would say. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks, much, Nathan. guys. Thanks, Nathan. Lovely to talk Thank to you. you. Thanks for having yes. me. And you. Thank you, guys. Oh, and Ali, I'm definitely, you're going to jump in a Warzone lobby with me, yeah? Yeah, yes. And as long as your lobbies are filled with bad players, it'll be great. <laughs> and listen, I'm... Nathan, anytime you want to play Cooking Frenzy, let me tell you. <laughs> Cooking, if I, yeah, okay. All right, I'll, take, I'll definitely take, I might, yeah, I might leave that, but yeah. <laughs> no, thanks, Overcooked Ellie. then, that's all, yeah. another good one. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Ali. Thanks, Ali. Cheers. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon.